Good day, everybody. Welcome back to Mining Stock Daily. Trevor Hall here. Happy to be joined in by Adrian Rothwell, CEO of Ann Gold Resources. They are a sponsor of the podcast. They also trade on the TSX Venture with AAU and also on the OTCQB with AAUGF. This is a follow-up conversation, just a quick corporate update on some of the work happening, focusing in Nevada at the Iron Butte Project. Uh, Adrian, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? Good. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, This week, you put out some news about uh, you've discovered a new gold zone at Iron Butte. You've also staked Mm -hmm. additional claims outside of, uh, well, the original property. So you're adding on to the land position. Uh, let's, uh, Let's actually start with that, staking on new claims. Why have you decided to add on to these claims? What are you seeing there that really thought, well, this is a place where you need to be? Yeah, well... As as some of your listeners might know, we we have uh, the central part of our project uh, with an historic resource of a, around six hundred thousand ounces, and we have spent the last uh, eight to nine months, um, uh, actually a little longer uh, with with Marcus as well, doing some structural review, but reviewing structure, um, uh, doing some geocam. Uh, and geophysics, uh, and uh, and really trying to map out what is going on on the on the project. And uh, one thing that we suspected when we originally originally listed, and we did stake some additional claims in late 2020, was that the range front is really where you want to be, um, and that's where the mineralization certainly shows its surface at Red Ridge and North Zone. Uh, but we suspected it continued uh, to the north along the range front. And uh, so the results of the most recent work shows that it definitely does. Um, we had some modest samples in the pediment at surface, as well as uh, along the range front um, uh, in rock chips. Um, those are on our news release. Uh, they're they're, they're you know, 0.4. Uh, grams per ton. It, it, it's less about the grade of those and more about the fact that there is gold at surface there. Mm-hmm. That coincidentally with geophysics, we did 12 um, lines of geophysics uh, on the project as well, uh, and uh, of which uh, three of those extended into this northern extension zone that we recently staked. Uh, and that showed us that uh, potential uh, structures and sulfide mineralization uh, was quite close to surface under the pediment to the west. And so you see on our news release, we staked an additional 77 claims. Um, our, our total land package is now about 5,300 acres. Uh, so quite a large land package and contiguous along that range front for about five kilometers uh, of mineralization strike. So uh, we also staked some additional claims in anticipation of uh, things like the the future, you know, Mm -hmm. things like facilities and and the like and places for for that to go in the event that, uh, that, yeah, it does uh, turn out to be what we think it will be. It's a long-term strategy here with the staking. Uh, yeah, th- so that's part of the long-term mm-hmm. strategy right. is, is making sure that we've got enough land to uh, to grow into. 
were, were you at all surprised? Maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm actually, I am surprised that this land was even available for staking. A little surprised, yeah. Um, and uh, it's never been explored before. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're not in, we're on the edge of the Catena Caldera, which is which is a feature uh, which on the eastern extremes of the caldera you see uh the carlin uh style uh deposits like cortez hills uh the battle mountain trend as well uh, but this uh, historically hasn't been targeted is not a carlin deposit uh it is it is a low sulfidation epithermal system and and uh i think you know that just hasn't been a focus in uh, around battle mountain um for uh, this this part of the world, so yeah, a little surprised. Yeah, uh, so the, the Iron Butte does have a historic resource of just over a half million ounces. It's obviously mm-hmm. not forty three one hundred one compliant. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about kind of using that resource, following up on that to get that compliant. Also, you have done some geophysics and you've identified some new shallow structures which I'm assuming is adding to some targets that you would like to mm-hmm. hit with the drill. So how are you balancing mm-hmm. your drill targeting via re- getting to 43101 compliant and also testing new targets? What's How are you balancing that strategy this spring? Yeah. Um, so there was around 32,000 meters of drilling mm-hmm. that's been done over more than 20 years on this project. And, uh, we have the pulps and chips for a lot of that. Um, there, there's a tiny bit of core, uh, but mainly RC drilling, uh, as is the norm in this neck of the woods. Um, we reassayed. So we've been working with a resource geologist in the background. Uh, we have internal resource updates, and the question has come up, you know, what do we need to do? I want to try and avoid using limited resources and limited time for drilling to be twinning holes. So we did a reassay program. We've reassayed about 10% of the historic pulps. Mm. Uh, those came in bang on, um, uh, certainly within a, a small uh, tolerance of, um, of the historic assays. So we are able to use that in, in updating the resource. Uh, what you know, I don't want to come out to the market though with just a simple updated resource for what people already know. Um, so uh, our drill program is really focused in two stages. First stage is exploration drilling, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll stick some holes in the ground uh, on the targets we have, and they'll that'll be. Uh, looking to extend mineralization uh, in both the existing uh, resource um, between the two resource zones that we have, as well as in the northern extension area. Um, Now, that won't be able to be used in a resource, uh, but this first phase will be around about 2,500 meters of drilling. So Mm -hmm. um, it, it really is just sticking straws in the ground and seeing if there's there's gold at depth there to test what we think is there based on all the other work in geophysics that we've done. Um, the second phase of that will be to bring those into the resource. We're permitted for about 10,000 meters of drilling. 
Uh, I think that will be sufficient to get us into an updated resource, um, certainly at an inferred level. And, and then from there, um, certainly it becomes a little more complicated of, of doing infill and, and, and exploration drilling at mm-hmm. the same time. Uh, but that's that's in the future. What what's the time frame you're looking at to potentially get that new resource up into the market? Uh, it all depends on money, um, <laughs> as always. So as always, um, I want to be drilling on Iron Butte for most of this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in fact looking to start drilling shortly, um, and we have a core drill. Um, tied down uh we're just looking for some rc drills actually at this point um once we have those we're pretty much ready to go immediately weather dependent um and then once that is done i think you know fall winter uh, end of year kind of time frame for an updated resource is reasonable all right so this is going to be an important this is an important year for iron butte you really, yeah. you, you really finally getting boots on the ground and really putting drills into the ground. And it, and this is something I think a lot of investors were hoping would happen last year. It unfortunately, did not. But this is this is the year. I just curious about. Uh, I've heard oh. a lot of I've heard a lot of stories about having difficulties not only finding the equipment to drill, but also f- actually the people to do the drilling. What's been your experience thus far in Nevada to lock this stuff down? Certainly. Well, first of all, to the first point, what I didn't want to do is just go out and drill last year. And in fact, I'm so happy that we didn't. Uh, and we did do this structured program uh, of geophysics and, and field work before we went out. And, and that's the way it should be done. So uh, I am very happy we didn't just go out and blow our budget on, on drilling last year. Uh, we would have drilled very different targets. Um, certainly with the knowledge we have now from the Northern Extension Zone. Um, and we hope to bring that, that discipline and, and good execution to this program, just like we had in Dorado and Chile. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of finding um, drills, uh, RC drills are the hard ones to find. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, it has been a challenge. Uh, but uh, we, we've got a couple of uh, interested parties sending us their their details this week so uh let's hope uh let's hope the cost looks good and and we'll we'll be able to deploy their drills on the ground have have you had to adjust your budget for drilling and is it more expensive to drill per meter now than it was last year or two years ago uh i think the short answer is yes um it's uh with with limited availability comes more demand from right. drillers. Um, so, uh, we, you know, but I think we, we're able to pivot. Uh, we were actually pivoting in the first phase to do a lot more core, but uh, now the drill program we want to do is going to have a lot more RC uh, right up front, uh, just because we want to test some of those shallower targets targets that will be mined first if if they do come into a resource in a mine um and uh, that's certainly going to give us more meterage and we're very conscious of limited capital available so um you know we'll we'll try and get some results out before we go back to the market but we'll be opportunistic on that front as well 
Adrian, I do want to just follow up, stepping away from Iron Butte, just get your sense on what's happening also in Chile. As the work progresses in Nevada, you also have uh, Cordillera and also Dorado in Chile. Uh, Quickly, kind of give us an update where the work, where that that stands right now. Yeah, sure. So Cordillera, first of all, a little bit of the same situation rather than you know, it's it's drill ready for all intensive purposes, but we've we've gone and taken a step back to take two steps forward, and we're doing a bit of a, a surface program there uh, that's wrapping up. Um, that'll be wrapped up uh, this month, so in a in a week or so. Um, so the idea there is, you know, we're permitted to do drilling in in Chile right now in Cordillera, uh, but. Uh, really, I think most of our investors, they're really looking forward to seeing Dorado move ahead. And I can't stress enough how much value uh, we are going to create by getting that full-scale plan of operations on Dorado. Uh, so just for some of our listeners, we drilled uh, Dorado last year. We did about a 5,000, 4, 4,200 meter drill program. Um that successfully expanded uh, mineralization in every direction and at depth. Um, we uh, we made a discovery of another system about a kilometer south and uh, and did a bunch of geophysics and surface testing on that. That's called Lajita South. Um, and with that, we we thought more prudent um, to rather than drill under a limited uh, pertinencia, or basically a notice of intent, uh, to put it into uh, a larger uh, permit. So, um, with a plan of operations. So, once we have that, I think that'll get a lot of interest uh, from strategic investors and uh, and larger institutions. By virtue of having that, we would have gone through uh, community consultation, which we see to be very important, critical to future success in any country, but especially Chile. Um, and uh, and you'll see how we're moving forward on that in the next few months. Um, so right now, I think given uh, a little bit of the political uh, situation and, and it's, it, it's shaping up well, uh, but, um, but we need to wait and see what's happening in Chile uh, in the mining sector and, and in particular and, um, I think it's a good time for us to be going and doing a permit uh, on a bigger scale. So, well, interestingly enough, I was actually skiing with a buddy a couple of weeks ago, who's a more of a macro guy, and he said he's looking for an entry point to put money into Chile because the currency's just been hammered. I mean, things could easily turn around in that country rather quickly. And you talk about yeah. when's the emerging markets going to start really picking up. And he really thinks if that, when it does start, Chile might be a good place to go. So that bodes well for the miners, I would assume. Yeah, and I, I agree. It's, it's, it's a great country to be in. Um, it's, uh, it's got a very, um, well thought out. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, uh, mining regulations are very, very well thought out. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's got the right people there, um, the right skill sets. 
uh, of people in Chile, which which often is is a challenge, and and uh, it's it's in that respect a very uh, easy country to operate in. Mm-hmm. All right, Adrian. Well, let's leave it at that. Uh, a lot of work ahead. We'll be eager to catch up with you again here once we get some more results, not only from Iron Butte, Nevada, but anything else coming through the market from your assets in Chile as well. So uh, mm-hmm. until then, keep up the good work. Be safe out there. Thanks, Trevor. That's Adrian Rothwell, CEO of Angled Resources. Again, trading on the TSX Venture with AAU and on the OTCQB with AAUGF. I will also conclude by saying they are a sponsor of the podcast. I'm also a shareholder. And that's going to wrap it up for today. We'll be back later with some more from Mining Stock Daily. Be well. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.